Hi, this is um, Jose Yatu from JY Life Coaching. And I'm so glad to be able to spend some time with you again, um, just sharing some more thoughts and ideas and theories and principles and concepts um, around um, personal development. And what I want to look at um, right off the bat is the whole thing of motivation. Um, and I want to share with you some, first of all, just some key motivation theories um, that are out there. And then we'll unpack um, some of those um, ideas and principles around uh, motivation. So let me say that there are several key motivation theories that help us understand why we as individuals, as human beings, are motivated to behave in certain ways. And here are some of these prominent theories. Um, the first one is known as Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And this is a theory that was proposed by Abraham Maslow. And what this theory suggests is that individuals are motivated by a hierarchy of needs. Uh, and those needs are arranged in a pyramid with our basic physiological needs, example, uh, our food, water, shelter, right at the bottom of the pyramid. And that's followed as you move up the pyramid by our safety needs and then by our belongingness and love needs and then our esteem needs, and then finally by our self-actualization needs and the need for meaning and for purpose right at the top. Um, so according to Maslow, uh, individuals are motivated to fulfill, first of all, our lower level needs before progressing to higher level needs. Then the other theory is known as Hertzberg's two-factor theory, and this was mainly looked at in the context of the workplace and, and job satisfaction. Um, so Frederick Hertzberg, he proposed that there are two sets of factors that influence motivation and job satisfaction. The first one is hygiene factors. So that would be things such as salary, your work conditions, job security or safety, um, and they can lead to dissatisfaction if they are inadequate. And then on the other hand, motivators such as challenging work, uh, recognition, personal growth opportunities, contribution to, uh, to, to the workplace, contribution to meaningful things. And they all contribute to job satisfaction and ultimately to our intrinsic motivation. Um, the next one is what is known as the expectancy theory. Um, and this theory was developed by a Victor Froome. And it focuses on the relationship between effort, performance, and outcomes. So according to the expectancy theory, individuals are motivated to act based on their belief that their efforts will result in successful performance and that successful performance will lead to desired outcomes or rewards. So it emphasizes the importance of expectancy. In other words, we as individuals, we've got to have that belief in the likelihood of success. Um, we also got to have a belief in the connection between if we perform, there's going to be an outcome. And then eventually that the outcome will be a valuable outcome or the desirable outcome. The next one is what is known as the goal setting theory. Um, and this is a very common one used in many contexts and environments. Um, and the goal setting theory is pioneered by Edwin Locke and Gary Latham. And it suggests that specific and challenging goals lead to high levels of motivation and performance. And this theory emphasizes the importance of setting clear and specific goals that are challenging but attainable, uh, providing individuals with a sense of direction and purpose. And then an important part is the feedback and the commitment to goals um, is, is obviously essential in, in achieving the goals. So that's the goal-setting theory. And then the last one is known as the self-determination theory, or SDT for short. 
And this was developed by an Edward Desi uh, and a Richard Ryan. And this focuses on the role of intrinsic motivation and the satisfaction of basic psychological needs in driving behavior. So according to this theory, individuals have a innate psychological need for autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Uh, and when these needs are fulfilled, uh, what it says is that individuals are then more likely to be intrinsically motivated and experience a greater well-being and satisfaction. So these are just a few examples of very common motivation theories, uh, and there are many more, that explore different aspects of human motivation. And each theory provides a unique perspective and a framework um, for helping us understand the factors that drive and sustain motivation in various contexts. So I just want to unpack now uh, the whole concept of extrinsic motivation and intrinsic, um, and because I think it's just very important when we look at motivation. So you can take all motivating forces and you can broadly categorize them into two types, extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. And these two forms of motivation, they differ in the source or nature of the driving factors that stimulate and sustain behavior. So let's look at extrinsic motivation first. Extrinsic motivation refers to engaging in an activity or pursuing a goal because of external factors or rewards. So these external factors can be tangible or intangible and are typically provided by others. So let me give you some common examples of extrinsic motivators. Uh, example, tangible rewards would be money, prizes, gifts, or any other form of material benefit. Then the, another one is social recognition. So when we get, when we receive praise or applause or awards or positive feedback from others, then there's the whole thing of grading or evaluating. Uh, so if you are graded or do a test and you receive high marks or you receive a positive evaluation. And then the last one is punishments or consequences. Um, and this is avoiding negative outcomes or penalties can be motivation. So those are all extrinsic motivators. Uh, and they often operate on the whole principle of carrot and stick. You know, you're either dangling the carrot in front of somebody or you... Um, hitting them with a stick. Um, and where individuals are motivated to obtain rewards or avoid punishment, um, they can be effective in driving certain behavior, but it will not or it may not always foster long-term engagement or satisfaction, uh, especially if those external rewards are removed. Um, so let's, that's ex extrinsic motivation. Let's look at the whole thing of intrinsic motivation. Um, intrinsic motivation, yeah, we're referring to engaging in an activity or pursuing a goal because of internal factors or personal satisfaction that you derive from the activity itself. So it's driven by your inherent interest or enjoyment, or sense of fulfillment. Some key characteristics of intrinsic motivation include, obviously, personal interest. So if you are genuinely interested or passionate about an activity, you will be intrinsically motivated to, to, to engage in that activity and pursue it. Uh, another one is a sense of competence. If you, have a, if you are feeling a sense of mastery or accomplishment in doing that activity, and while doing that activity, that will be a motivator. The next one is autonomy. Um, this is where you are having a strong sense of choice, control, and self-direction in the pursuit of the activity. And then finally, personal satisfaction. Um, this is when you're experiencing enjoyment, uh, where you have a curiosity and it's you're really satisfied by what you're seeing and you're curious by what you're seeing or just a, a sense of you, you feel you're growing, uh, personal growth. 
So intrinsic motivation is often considered more sustainable uh, and self-rewarding than extrinsic motivation. So when we are intrinsically motivated, we're more likely to engage in activities voluntarily and persistently, uh, even in the absence of maybe external rewards. Um, So it's important to note that Extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, they can coexist and they can interact with each other. So while external rewards can initially stimulate our behavior, intrinsic motivation can develop or be enhanced through factors such as providing autonomy, opportunities for skill development or creating a sense of purpose and meaning in the activity. So understanding this interplay between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation is crucial, uh, especially in, in, play, in environments where you, you want to have people motivated and moving towards the ultimate vision or goal or result that you're wanting to achieve. So, so they, they're critical for creating environments, setting goals, designing systems that foster long-lasting and meaningful engagement. But both types of motivation can be leveraged effectively to encourage the desired behavior. uh, And it really depends on the context and the individuals that are involved. Um, As I've been sharing around motivation, you might have heard me refer to the whole aspect of autonomy or personal mastery. So let me just unpack those two concepts a little bit. Uh, in the context of the broader context of motivation. Personal mastery and autonomy are two concepts closely related to individual motivation and personal growth. Let's look at personal mastery first. Personal mastery refers to the continuous process of self-improvement, learning and skill development to achieve our full potential. It involves striving for excellence, acquiring new knowledge and skills, and enhancing our personal competence in various areas of our lives. Personal mastery is driven by a desire for self-improvement, growth, and the pursuit of our goals and aspirations. Let's have a look at some key aspects of personal mastery. The first one is, and here again, you're going to hear the familiar term, self-awareness. We need to understand our strengths and our weaknesses. We need to know what are our values and our goals if we're going to be effective at personal mastery. The next one is self-discipline. We need to cultivate the ability to stay focused, overcome obstacles, and persist in the face of challenges. Third one is continuous learning. Uh, This is about engaging in lifelong learning. We never stop learning. Uh, Acquiring new knowledge and developing new skills. Next one is adaptability. This is where we are open to change, when we embrace new ideas and we're willing to explore new possibilities. Next one is emotional intelligence. This is about developing an understanding of our emotions and effectively managing them in different situations. And the last one is resilience. The ability to bounce back from failures or setbacks and maintain a positive attitude. So these key aspects of personal mastery, self-awareness, self-discipline, continuous learning, adaptability, emotional intelligence and resilience are are so important in our journey of personal mastery. And let me say, personal mastery is a journey rather than a destination. Um, We are, as individuals, need to strive for continuous improvement and growth throughout our lives. And it can contribute to increased motivation, confidence, and a sense of purpose and fulfillment in life. The next side is, the other aspect, is autonomy. Autonomy refers to 
the sense of freedom, choice, and self-direction in our thoughts, in our actions, and in our decisions. So it involves us having a level of independence and control over our life and the ability to make decisions based on our personal values and goals. So autonomy is characterized by the following four aspects. First one is self-determination. So this is we, we have the freedom to choose and pursue our own path. Secondly is around decision-making. We are able to, or being able to make choices and decisions that align with our personal values and our aspirations. Thirdly, it's about responsibility, um, taking ownership of our actions, our behavior, and the consequences of those actions and behavior. And then the last one is empowerment, feeling empowered and confident in our abilities and our capacity to shape our own life. So autonomy plays a crucial role in intrinsic motivation. When we have a sense of autonomy, uh, we're more likely to feel motivated and engaged and satisfied with the activities or pursuits that we are involved in. Autonomy also contributes to personal growth because we as individuals then have the opportunity to explore our interests, express our creativity and align our actions with our authentic selves. It's worth noting that personal mastery and autonomy again are also interconnected. So you have personal mastery involves developing our skills, our knowledge and our self-awareness necessary to exercise autonomy effectively. Autonomy in turn allows us as individuals to take ownership of our personal mastery journey and make the choices that align with our growth and our fulfillment. So there they also interplay with one another. So both personal mastery and autonomy are vital aspects of personal development and they contribute significantly to motivation, to well-being and a sense of purpose in life. Let's continue along this theme of motivation. Um, And I know I shared with you some theories uh, around motivation and the whole aspect of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation and where personal mastery and autonomy assist with intrinsic motivation. But let's look at another principle, I would say, more than a theory, and that's motivation and the principle of pain and pleasure. Again, just to clarify, motivation is the driving force behind our actions, our behaviors, and goals. So it refers to the internal or external factors that stimulate, direct, and sustain our behavior towards achieving certain objectives or fulfilling certain needs. And the principle of pain and pleasure suggests the following. Suggests that human behavior is primarily driven by the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. So according to this principle, individuals are motivated to seek out experiences or engage in activities that bring them pleasure or satisfaction, while simultaneously trying to avoid or reduce experiences that cause pain or discomfort. Now, pleasure and pain can be both physical and More importantly, psychological. So let's look at physical pleasure. Obviously, physical pleasure pleasure includes sensations such as, just a basic one, eating delicious food, (laughs) or experiencing physical comfort, or engaging in enjoyable activities like playing sports or spending time with loved ones. Um, Those are physical pleasures, examples of them. Psychological pleasure can come from achieving personal goals or receiving recognition or praise or experiencing a sense of accomplishment. 
if we look at the pain side, physical pain can obviously be physical injuries or illnesses, but then psychological pain can be emotional distress or the sense of failure or criticism or being rejected or being abandoned or avoided. So those are all psychological pains. So avoiding or minimizing pain is a very strong motivator to change behavior or take actions that can lead to the relief or the prevention of further pain. So let me say again, the principle of pain and pleasure suggests that individuals will be motivated to engage in behavior that maximizes pleasure or that minimizes pain. Let me give you a classic example. If someone wants to lose weight, they can either be motivated by the pleasure of feeling healthier and more confident about their body or the way they look, or they may be motivated by the pain of experiencing physical discomfort or being unhappy with their pain or their body and so on. So it's important to note that while the principle of pain and pleasure provides valuable insights into human motivation, it's not the only, as we've seen, factor at play. You know, human behavior is, is complex and motivation can be influenced by various other factors such as personal values, um, cultural norms, uh, social expectations, and just individual differences. So people may also be motivated by intrinsic factors such as personal growth or autonomy or a sense of purpose rather than solely seeking pleasure or trying to avoid pain. So in summary, the principle of pain and pleasure suggests that human behavior is driven by the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. So it explains that individuals are motivated to engage in behavior that brings them pleasure or satisfaction while trying to avoid or reduce experiences that cause them pain or discomfort. However, motivation, as we've said, is a multifaceted phenomenon. It's influenced by various factors and the principles should be considered in conjunction with other theories and concepts if we're going to fully understand human motivation. So, I now want to move off just the whole topic or theme of motivation and just look at the topic of life purpose and meaning. And that's quite a big one to tackle. But let me just share a few thoughts around this. Life purpose and meaning refer to the sense of significance, direction and fulfillment that we derive from our lives. So it involves understanding our values, our passions, our goals, and aligning our actions and our choices with those aspects. And having a sense of purpose in, and meaning in life can contribute to our overall well-being, our motivation, and our deeper sense of satisfaction. Let me unpack some key aspects that relate to life purpose and meaning. And the first one is meaning making or making meaning of life, I don't, however you want to say it. Humans, we have an innate drive to find meaning and purpose in our lives. Um, I strongly believe and convinced that that's the way we have been created and designed by our creator and by God. To, 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 to search and to find that meaning and purpose. Uh, and meaning-making involves reflecting on our values, on our beliefs and experiences to create a sense of coherence and significance in our lives. So it, in also, it involves exploring those existential questions, those big questions about the nature of life, the nature of ourselves, and what is our place in the world. It's answering those questions, why am I here, who am I, and where will I go, or what is the purpose of my life here on earth. So that's the whole thing of meaning-making. It's an aspect of life purpose and meaning. The next one is values and beliefs. 
Um, and this is about identifying and clarifying our personal values and beliefs. And it's a crucial step in finding meaning and purpose. Because values are those guiding principles that reflect what is important to us as individuals. Things like integrity, compassion, or personal growth. Just three simple examples. And when we as individuals align our actions and our choices with our core values, it contributes to a sense of purpose and fulfillment. The next one is passion and interest. Discovering and nurturing our passions and interests can be a significant source of meaning in life. So if we engage in activities or pursuits that bring us joy, enthusiasm and a sense of flow, um, they contribute to a deeper sense of purpose and fulfillment. Then there's contribution and impact. You know, when we're feeling that we are making a positive difference in the world or we are contributing to something greater than ourselves, um, it gives us a sense of meaning and purpose. And again, I believe that's how we were created and designed to contribute and to, to impact and influence um, the world and, and people's lives around us. So it can involve simple things like helping others, making a difference in your own community, um, pursuing a career that has a positive impact on, on, on people and on the world around you. Then there's growth and personal development. Personal growth and self-improvement can be intrinsic aspects of finding meaning and purpose. So if we're engaging in continuous learning, if we're pursuing challenges, if we're striving for personal mastery, that all can contribute to a deeper sense of fulfillment and meaning in life. And then the final one, and a very important one, because no man is an island, is the whole aspect of connection and relationships. So when we have meaningful connections and relationships with others, they will significantly enhance our sense of purpose and meaning. So engaging in deep, meaningful relationships, fostering a sense of belonging, contributing to the well-being of others can all contribute to a richer and more purposeful life. So finding and cultivating a sense of purpose and meaning in life is a personal and ongoing journey. It may involve exploration, self-reflection and experimentation to discover what truly matters to you and how you want to live your life. So it's a unique and individual process and the sources of meaning and purpose can vary from one person to another. But it's important to note that life purpose and meaning can evolve and it can change over time as we grow and as we have new experiences. It's a dynamic process that requires ongoing reflection and adjustment to align with one's evolving values, aspirations and life's circumstances. And if you need any assistance with this, I'd be more than welcome to be a coach for you and to help you through that journey and discovering what that life purpose is and, and, and bringing meaning into your, into, your, into your life. As I shared, one of the important aspects of um, finding your life purpose and, and meaning is, is the whole thing of values. So I just want to touch on the importance of, of values. Values play a very crucial role in shaping us as individuals, but also in shaping societies and even global systems. They serve as guiding principles that influence our thoughts, decisions, actions, and interactions with others. And values, they are very deeply held beliefs and ideals that define what is important, meaningful, and desirable to us. So let me give you some reasons why values are important. First one, for personal development. So values provide a framework for personal growth and development. When you have a clear understanding of your values, 
you can then align your goals, your choices, and your behaviors with those values. And this alignment helps in making consistent and meaningful decisions and leading you to a sense of purpose and fulfillment. Values are also important as ethical guidance. Values serve as a moral compass. They guide our behavior and they help us differentiate between right and wrong. They provide a foundation for ethical decision-making and enabling us to navigate complex situations and make choices that are in line with our principles. Third one is they're important because of relationships and interactions. Values shape our relationships with others. When individuals share similar values, it creates a sense of connection and trust and mutual understanding. On the other hand, on the other hand, if there are conflicting values, it can lead to misunderstandings and conflicts. And so by recognizing and respecting the values of others and being aware of our own values, we can build positive and harmonious relationships. Also important because of social cohesion. Values contribute to the cohesion of societies or communities. Um, shared values provide a sense of collective identity. They foster social integration and they promote cooperation. Um, they form the basis of, of social norms and, and many laws and institutions are based on, on very fundamental values. And they also help us to maintain order and stability. Then they're important also for decision-making and prioritization. See, values guide our decision-making process by helping us prioritize and evaluate options. You know, when we are faced with choices, our values act as criteria for assessing the potential consequences and also then aligning them with our beliefs and aspirations. So it aids in making decisions that are consistent with our core principles. And then they're important, as we saw when I chatted about life, purpose, and meaning, for meaning and purpose. Values give life meaning and purpose. When we live in accordance with our values, we feel a sense of fulfillment and authenticity. Our values reflect what we find meaningful and important. And, and if we honor them, we can lead or we lead ourselves to a more purposeful and satisfying life. And the last one, it's important because of cultural diversity and tolerance. Um, and I don't know, you know, you just got to look at social media these days or any kind of media, and there's a lot of intolerance and lack of understanding of diversity. Uh, so recognizing and respecting different values promotes cultural diversity and tolerance. Values vary across cultures and societies, and embracing this diversity uh, fosters mutual understanding and appreciation. It allows us uh, to exchange ideas, uh, to share perspectives, to share traditions, and then leads to a more uh, inclusive and enriched global community as against this very polarized, um, antagonistic uh, communities and societies that we have at the moment. So in summary, values are essential because they provide a framework for personal growth, for ethical decision-making, for harmonious relationships, for social cohesion, for effective decision-making, for meaning and purpose, and for cultural diversity. They shape our individual and collective identities influencing the way that we perceive the world and also the way we interact with the world and others. So by understanding, embracing our values, we can lead more fulfilling lives and contribute to a better society. Let's just um, focus a little bit more down to the whole aspect of now values and choices, which I made reference to. Values and choices are intimately connected. Our values influence the choices we make and eventually the actions that we take in various aspects of our lives. And this is how values and choices are related. Firstly, 
alignment. Values guide our choices. They provide a framework for decision-making. So when we're faced with different options, we tend to choose the one that aligns with our values. So if honesty is my core value, I'll be more likely to choose the path of truthfulness even when it's challenging. The next one is prioritization. Values help us prioritize our choices. When we have a clear understanding of our values, we can evaluate the options based on their alignment with those values. So it allows us to prioritize choices that are more in line with what we consider important and meaningful. Helps with decision-making criteria. Our values, they act as a criteria for making decisions. They provide a set of standards against which we assess the potential outcomes and the consequences of our choices and decisions. So by considering our values, we can make decisions that, again, are consistent with our beliefs and our aspirations. Trade-offs. You know, choices often involve trade-offs sometimes, where we have to sacrifice one option for another. And so, yeah, again, values can play a significant role in determining which trade-offs we are willing to make. So, for example, if, if I have environmental sustainability as a very a core value of mine, I may choose to sacrifice convenience for eco-friendly options. Just simple example. Then f- re- reflection of values. Our choices reflect our values to the outside world. So they demonstrate what we prioritize and what we believe in. So if we're consistently making choices that align with our help, with our values, that will help to reinforce and communicate those values to those around us. Value conflicts. We've got to recognize that at times we may face situations where our values come into conflict and we have to make difficult choices. And these situations require careful consideration and introspection uh, in order to navigate the conflict and choose the option that best aligns with our core principles. So we just need to be aware of that, that many times or there are going to be times where there might be conflicting values. Then consistency and authenticity. When our choices are consistent with our values, what happens is we experience a sense of authenticity and integrity. So if we're constantly living in alignment with our values, it allows us to be true to ourselves and reinforces a sense of purpose and fulfillment. And then the last one is values clarification. The process of making choices can also help clarify our values. So, you know, every time we have to make a decision or make a choice, it helps us uh, reflect and do a little bit of introspection on what are our values. And and therefore, it gives us, we get a a deeper understanding of what truly matters to us. uh, And that then in turn influences our future choices. So it's important to note that values and choices are not static. They can evolve and they can change over time as we grow, as we learn, and as we gain new experiences. And regular reflection on our values and conscious consideration of their influence on our choices can help ensure that we are making decisions that are in line with our authentic selves. So in talking about values, within values, there's the whole concept of that each of us has what we call a hierarchy of values. And what this refers to is the organization or prioritization of values based on their importance or significance to us. It represents the relative ranking of values in terms of their impact on decision-making and guiding behavior. And obviously the specific hierarchy of values varies from one person to another person. But let me just share some factors that can influence the establishment or the setting up of that hierarchy. 
So the first thing that influences is our core values. Our core values are fundamental beliefs that are deeply ingrained and define us and define our identity and principles. They are often considered foundational and they hold significant weight in the hierarchy of our values. So core values typically reflect what we consider as essential and non-negotiable aspects of our lives, such as our honesty or compassion or personal integrity, just as a few examples. So they are fundamental in our hierarchy of values, and they normally rank very high. Then there's personal aspirations. Values related to personal aspirations and goals can also hold a high value or a prominent position in the hierarchy. And these values are driven by our individual desires, our ambitions, and our long-term vision for our lives. They often revolve around achievements, growth, success, or self-fulfillment, and they can vary, obviously, greatly from one person to another person. Then there's also the aspect of context and circumstances. So the hierarchy of our values can be influenced by the context or the circumstances in which we find ourselves. So certain values may hold or be more significant or relevant depending on the specific situation of your life or the stage of your life. For example, during times of financial instability or economic security, or during times of financial instability, the whole aspect of security and financial security may become a higher priority or value for you. Then there's the aspect of environmental and cultural factors. Cultural, societal, and environmental factors can also shape our hierarchy of values. These external influences can introduce or emphasize certain values that are widely held or regarded as important within a particular culture or community. And then, last but not least, is our personal experiences. You know, our past experiences, whether they're positive or negative, can shape our individual hierarchy of values. Personal experiences can create emotional connections and provide insights that influence the importance we place on certain values. For instance, someone who has experienced a significant loss may prioritize values related to family and relationships. So it's important to note that a hierarchy of values is not also fixed and can evolve over time. Our life experiences, personal growth, changing circumstances can lead to shifts in the relative importance of values within the hierarchy that we have. So regular self-reflection and introspection can help individuals understand and refine their hierarchy of values and ensure that their choices and actions align with their evolving beliefs and aspirations. Let me share now the last topic, which I've also been making reference to this. And that is the whole aspect of beliefs and behavior. Beliefs and behavior are interconnected aspects of human psychology and influence how individuals think, act and make decisions. So let's explore these concepts in a little bit more detail. First of all, beliefs. Beliefs are the ideas, opinions, or convictions that you hold about yourself or about others or about the world around you. And even, I may say, even about God, the existence of God and who He is. They are formed through a combination of personal experiences, cultural influences, socialization, and education. Our beliefs can be conscious, so we're very aware of them, or sometimes, and in most, a lot of times, subconscious, and can encompass a wide range of topics, including religion, politics, morality, and personal values. Behavior, this refers to the actions 
and the reactions and the conduct of individuals in response to various stimuli, situations and circumstances. It encompasses both overt actions, so in other words, observable behaviors, or covert actions, in other words, internal mental processes. Behavior is influenced by a multitude of factors, including beliefs, attitudes, emotions, social norms, and environmental factors. So what is the relationship between beliefs and behaviors? Beliefs play a significant role in shaping behavior. Our beliefs influence our attitudes and perceptions, which in turn guide our actions and our decision-making processes. For example, if someone holds the belief that exercise is beneficial for health, they are more likely to engage in physical activity regularly. Similarly, beliefs about the importance of education can drive individuals to pursue higher education or engage in lifelong learning. However, it's important to note that the relationship between beliefs and behavior is complex and again multifaceted. So while beliefs can strongly influence behavior, they do not always predict it accurately. So various other factors such as situational constraints, personal motivations, social pressures, and cognitive biases can also impact our behavior. Individuals may also hold conflicting beliefs or encounter situations where their beliefs do not align with their actions. And what happens here is it leads to a concept known as cognitive dissonance, which is really a psychological discomfort that's caused by the inconsistencies between what we our beliefs and our behavior. So people often attempt to resolve this discomfort by either changing their beliefs or justifying their behavior, or finding a balance between their beliefs and their behavior. So in conclusion, beliefs and behavior are very intertwined um, elements of, of human psychology. And while beliefs provide a framework for understanding the world and guiding actions, behavior is the tangible expression of those beliefs. So understanding the complex interplay between beliefs and behavior is essential if we're going to comprehend things like human motivation or decision-making or social dynamics. In talking about beliefs, you get two types of beliefs. You have what is known as empowering beliefs and limiting beliefs. Empowering beliefs and limiting beliefs are types of beliefs that significantly impact us, impact our thoughts, our actions, and our overall well-being. So let's explore these two. First of all, empowering beliefs. Empowering beliefs are positive, supportive, and constructive beliefs that empower us to reach our full potential. These beliefs are often rooted in self-confidence, optimism, resilience, and having a growth mindset. They enable us to perceive challenges as opportunities for growth, believe in our abilities to overcome the obstacles, and maintain a positive outlook. So some examples, and these are just a few examples of empowering beliefs, include things like, that we, and this is things that we say to ourselves, that we hold to, I'm capable of learning and improving in any area of my life. Mistakes and failures are valuable opportunities for learning and growth. Or I, I have control over my own happiness and my own success. Or finally, I'm deserving of love, respect, uh, acceptance and fulfillment. So these empowering beliefs foster a, a sense of self-belief, motivation, a sense of empowerment. And they lead us to take positive actions and pursue goals with determination. On the other side of this, you have limiting beliefs. Uh, and they are negative, self-defeating, and restrictive beliefs that hinder our personal growth and achievement. And these beliefs often stem from self-doubt, fear, past experiences, 
or external influences. They create mental barriers and self-imposed limitations that hold us back from reaching our true potential. So let me also give you some examples of limiting beliefs. We say things like, I'm not smart, not talented, I'm not skilled enough to succeed. Uh, Or failure is a sign of incompetence and should be avoided at all costs. Or I don't deserve happiness or success. Or others' opinions of me define who I am worth and my value. So these kind of limiting beliefs can lead to self-sabotage or a lack of confidence or reluctance to take risks. They restrict us from stepping outside our comfort zones and exploring new possibilities. And it's important to recognize that beliefs can be subjective and influenced by personal experience and perspectives. Individuals have the capacity to challenge and change their beliefs over time. So even though we have these limiting beliefs, let's not fall into the trap of saying to ourselves, we can never change. We can never be different. We have, we've been given the capacity by God and the grace by God to challenge and change the beliefs we have over time. So by identifying limiting beliefs and replacing them with empowering beliefs, we can transform our mindsets, our thinking process. We can enhance our own sense of being and esteem and we can unleash the potential that God has put within us. So to address limiting beliefs, strategies such as self-reflection, cognitive restructuring, that's just changing our thought thinking and our thought patterns, positive affirmations, seeking support from others, or just acquiring new knowledge or skills can all be helpful. But also working with a therapist, working with a coach or counselor can also provide guidance and support in overcoming these limiting beliefs and developing and replacing them with empowering beliefs. So let me again extend my services. Please approach me, Jose, at JY Life Coaching, if you are interested in engaging with me and going on this journey of overcoming these limiting beliefs. Thank you very much for your time.